Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef podcast. Today's guest is a professional tarot reader, content creator. Uh, she wears many hats. She's from Switzerland. Her name is Vanessa and her iPhone. Welcome to the ah, welcome to the podcast. I can't get my words out today. How are you today? <laughs> How's it going? I'm okay. I'm okay today. It's not the best period of my life, but um, I guess um, a day at a time. So yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> Maybe I should explain, right? I should say something more than that, because um, for the people listening, I lost my mother this week. And um, Christian very kindly offered to reschedule, and I said, no, I want to go ahead and do it. I think I think I want to do it. And it's also a lovely tribute to her, especially for the kind of topic that we're going to go into. So I, it means a lot for me to be here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I can... I. Part of me, yeah, I, I I thought about how you would feel like going through this. I've I've dealt with a lot of loss in my life as well. I'm sure many of our listeners have, um, and we all deal with, I suppose, grief and 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 things in different ways. And I think that was the first thing that came to me. I mean, I I think if if I was if I was in that situation, my mind would go to work and just move, move that's always been how I've got through things is just work um but I I don't know that that always works necessarily but um the one thing that you said in your email trail that struck me was you were like I've received a lot of condolences this is the first like sort of thing that is different from that so I want to focus on that and that I understood straight away I was like okay I get that distraction something else let's talk about something and i i get that i get that because it's um cause I, I don't want to focus on this too much but i feel like it would be wrong not to say at least something um like the world kind of stops when these things happen i've noticed and part of you feels like it's i don't know maybe i'm just speaking for myself here, but like i feel like a part of you feels like it's wrong to just carry on like normal but then the other part of you is like, well, this is the only way that things can move. Do you know what I mean? It is forward. You have to keep going. And Absolutely. And we don't have the choice because life does continue and they just stay in another place. They stay in our hearts, in our heads and in the memories. And it's quite, <clears throat> I feel quite blessed and quite lucky to know that she has created this immense emptiness because it's proportional to how much of an amazing person she was. So that's, I feel lucky. And I agree with that, the fact that you feel like everything should stop. And, but I also remember coming back from, cause we were with her when she passed and I was coming back, I was riding my bicycle back home. <clears throat> and there were people that I was, you know, crossing uh, on the streets. It was middle of the night and they were laughing, they were tipsy and they were having a great time. And it actually made me smile and it made me happy to know that there were people who were there who were completely alive and, and living their life and it, it felt good. So, and in regards to work, I, I, I'm off work for uh, quite some time, but mm. um, my sister went back to work the next morning. So that's what she needed to do. And I completely, she's a teacher, so she didn't just go to work and not put in any energy. She went to work and she was teaching and she was teaching about, um, she's a, a doctor and she was teaching about um, when end of life experiences so it was also quite you know quite something I asked her did you tell them she said no I, I couldn't otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do it but we all have different ways of dealing with 
people passing and it's important just to respect every person's way and this is my way of dealing with it coming here to your podcast i'm very very honored i'm honored to have you um <laughs> I, w- I will say one thing to kind of put a bow on it all with the friends that like i've lost over the years and the people i've lost one of the things i always think about is this idea of like living in tribute to them like through some of the, like through some of the darkest times of my life i'm not proud to say it but there's been times when maybe i didn't want to be here um and other than the people in my life because that's the thing um yeah I, I was watching the walking dead the other day and there's a line in it that struck me um they said the most important thing in this world is is people you can't do anything without people people is is are what make life worth living without people you you just have nothing and i think it's it's very true um people give life people create everything energy an atmosphere whatever you want to call it and one of the reasons i decided to stick around was because of the people in my life um people that i love very dearly and then the other thing is this idea of living in tribute to the you know the people that don't get to be here and I don't know. I just feel like that's a cool concept. Um, I'll just try to kind of to do that because I think like life is is a gift, and uh, you gotta gotta make the best of it, you know. So, yeah. Exactly. My eldest daughter was telling me one day, it just doesn't make sense to be alive. It doesn't make sense. How are we here? It's yeah. insane. And she was telling me, you know, some people they get upset over such stupid things and they don't realize that it's just such a miracle to be here. And you have to honor that miracle, <laughs> you really do. <laughs> yeah, we've been speaking a lot about this in, in my recent live streams about, you know, how life is just kind of like this up and down, up and down, up and down. And sometimes it's more downs than ups and um, it's difficult. But I think the one thing I've learned over the years, um, I'm about to turn 30 and, um, my 20s I think if nothing else has taught me that life will throw a lot at you and that that ages you (laughs) um but it's it's all part of it and I think it does kind of make you stronger so long as you learn from it and, and grow from it um but the biggest thing I think it really teaches you is that it will be okay like whatever happens like you'll be able to get through it because you went through all this other stuff and and you're still here you know you survived a hundred percent of all your days, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you're big yes. into spirituality and tarot readings. Talk us how you got through into that. Okay, so um, I'm originally from a family where my maternal grandparents were missionaries. So they lived back in the West Indies, and they uh, went door to door. Uh, they were not Jehovah Witnesses, but, you know, something similar. And they would go and get people to join their cult. <clears throat> so that's what my mother had to do as a kid. And then she left that uh, cult-ish religion and um, moved all the way across the big pond, the Atlantic, and met my father. And that's when she decided that she was an atheist. So was he. He was brought up Protestant, but he's also an atheist. And... um <clears throat> 
So when I was a child, I had been given the choice to either believe completely, not just in God, but in the God from that cult, not any other one, or uh, think that any type of religion or spiritual belief was complete bullshit. Those were my options as a kid. And I did not know at the time that there was all of the in-betweens. I had the two extremes and I don't like extremes. Um, and so from a very young age, I experienced things that some people may call supernatural and I call supernormal, um, which um, made me understand the existence of the spirit realm and um, the existence of all sorts of flares or the psychic abilities. I also had um, lots of members of my family, my maternal family still, who um, were very ill. And so they were constantly uh, in and out of hospitals and in and out of comas. And I remember my aunt telling me how some of her experiences when she was in the coma, like going through the tunnel with the light at the end or astral uh, traveling to the top of her hospital room and all sorts of, you know, I was like something between five and 10. So it sounded absolutely amazing. I wanted to go in a coma because it, it was such an, a different experience. And, um, and I didn't realize the gravity of it because they always came back. They were ill, but they always came back. So I didn't, um, when they eventually died, it was a, a shock because we all, they were very often dying. They were always dying, just about to die. And then they would come back. And, um, so that's how I got into my my own spirituality because you can't have someone else's spirituality anyway because um, religion is someone else's spirituality and you have to create your own. That's the only path. And then when I was 15, so that was in 1989, I, got, um, I went into a spiritual shop with my best friend and uh, I bought my very first tarot deck that I still have today. Um, and I started um, reading the cards, of course, with the guidebook because I did not know their meanings and I, and I had no idea what I was doing, really, to be honest. And I started reading for friends. Yeah. And then um, along the way, I, I did it more and more. And um, that's actually not my, my main job. My, my main job is being an opera singer. And that's what I that's what I do for a living and um you know I actually forgot the the initial question <laughs> but that's I fine. Kept reading no, from no. There. and then as I was as I was reading um more and more tarot cards I got more and more familiar with my uh my psychic abilities and then I started using these as well um, I think that tarot is one of the tools it's not the only tool it's one of the tools that can help you um find out about your psychic abilities because I believe everybody has them not everybody is interested in them and I often make the parallel between opera singing and um, tarot reading or psychic reading because it's something that everybody can do like opera singer we all have two vocal cords and we all have if you're not handicapped you can become an opera singer not everybody will be good some people will have to train for years and be mediocre and some people will be just amazing immediately and not everybody thinks it's a real job and um not everybody is interested 
and it's the same thing for uh, psychic readings and tarot readings. Everybody can do them. Not everybody will be good. Some people will practice all their life and be, you know, mediocre. Some will be good immediately and not everybody is interested. So I, I, I like that parallel. It makes my life make sense to me. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, I think, I can't remember when I first started being interested in this, but I know that a few years back I, I was living in a country called Estonia. And um, I was always a bit of a cynic, but I've always had an open mind. So that's kind of like how I've how I was growing up. And you know, I I kind of approached spirituality and tarot and everything with that kind of like you know, oh, this is this Western charlatan bullshit kind of you know mindset. Uh, and then I sort of do what I always do, which is sit down, listen, and start researching and just viewing it. And um, the thing that struck me is that eastern approaches to spirituality and tarot readings and such is completely different like it's it's viewed in a totally different way um especially in, in like russia and estonia and, and the surrounding countries it's, it's almost like a like a day-to-day -day thing you know like it's there's there's a there's a show in in russia i think it's called uh existencia or something like um i can't remember mm -hmm. what, what it translates to but something like journey of or search for the something like that but point is for those who don't know it's essentially like a i don't want to say reality talent show because that kind of demeans it a little bit but it's essentially it's that and the thing that's really cool about it is all these people are from all the different parts of the world or different parts of the country and they come and they help people and they try to i don't know communicate um messages for them or they try to help them with some sort of issue um anyway point is it's viewed differently and when i was there it kind of you know i was in contact with closely with psychics and stuff and so i started slowly opening my mind to it still with that skepticism but you know slowly opening my mind to it and uh there's a few things i actually wanted to ask i mean i've got so many questions for you it's unreal so i'll try to get to all the, <laughs> the different ones well I, i've got my own questions and then i've got question fan questions uh shout out to vilma um yeah but i i guess one of the first questions i want to ask you is generally speaking with regards to tarot um one of the things i learned is that you're supposed to approach it. This is what I was told. You're supposed to approach it from a sort of short-term basis. So don't ask anything that's going to be more than about six months. And it's more kind of supposed to give you an idea of like where things are in a particular moment and where you are you know, mentally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. Um, so when you ask the questions and then you receive the information, it gives you an idea of where things are at in that moment, but it's not set in stone. Cause I think that sometimes is the misconception that people think, Oh, you're telling the future. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, I don't, this is what I understood. It's not telling, it's not about telling the future. It's about telling you where you are, where you are at this point in time. And if you continue in this particular path that you're on, this is where it's likely to end up. Yeah, it's not telling the future. It's telling you how you can create your future. The different options that you have to, to be the creator of your future. And uh, freedom of choice is really the number one uh, thing to pay attention when you're reading cards. You're not telling somebody, this is going to happen to you. That's, that's 
if somebody does that in a tarot reading, run, run. It's a huge red flag. Um, <clears throat> so it's not that. It's really telling you, um, giving an, a different insight, looking at your life through another window that you hadn't thought about. And uh, it's quite an amazing tool for, for self-growth, really. You said something earlier about how we all have psychic ability, how we all have because this is something I share with you, a belief I share with you is this idea that we all are capable of doing pretty much anything in life. But as you say, like, I think we are naturally inclined towards certain things. So what I've understand about myself as a human being is that I am more inclined to creative endeavors and anything communicative. And when it comes to more practical minded stuff, I'm useless. Uh, I could maybe do it if I try really hard, but it's still you know like maths i'm always going to suck at maths i just i'll just get an account and it's fine but you know it's, there's always going to be that issue right um but this idea this concept of we're all at different spiritual levels like i remember one time when i was in estonia someone said to me that and this this comments on this idea of like different lives so if you believe in um reincarnation or something like that and that's kind of where we're going with this point do you believe in this concept of when we're born into this life or any given life we come at a certain stage or level and that indicates the level maybe of um i don't know insight we have power um ability uh, because obviously there are people that are born into the world that, you know, they're born into the world to have a very simple life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm again, just ride with me here. And then there are people that come here to do something extraordinary, exceptional, different, unique. And then so basically, I guess what I'm saying is we all come with different purposes, different, you know, and, and throughout the cycles of the lives moving forward and forward and forward, we would kind of keep rising until we get to like a, let's say a really high level. But in order for us to get to that level, we have to complete whatever challenges, things we've set for ourselves in a given life. Where do you- Well, we all come with a different purpose. And I think that we can partly decide what purpose we want to give to our life. And I, I, I've, I'm familiar with that concept you're talking about, but I don't like it because it gives us a kind of hierarchy some people are more advanced, some people are better, some people... And that's also why I don't speak about spiritual gifts or psychic gifts, but I speak about psychic abilities because anybody can can practice them and learn them and grow into them. I don't like the, the concept of hierarchy in spirituality. That's something I... Um, I don't know for sure if what the theory you're saying is real or not. I don't know. Um, I do believe in past lives. Um, I didn't used to, but I had uh, such a mind-blowing experience that I, I believe in it now. And I have, have a podcast that speaks about it, actually. Um, What's the I, podcast do, called? I was going to say, let me do just a little self-promotion on here. It's called I Had a Life. It's on Spotify. And it's linked in all my social medias um, on my uh, snip feed link and um but uh i don't believe that 
some people are like have a higher frequency a higher level of we we grow in our awareness all through our life and we grow in our spirituality all through our life okay. uh, that's what i i i agree with you too because when the idea was presented to me i was like well that almost makes it seem like your life is pointless like if you if you believe in that concept then you believe in the idea that in certain lives you come and you're not supposed to achieve anything and i just i can't yeah that doesn't sit well with me either but the frequency debate thing see this is where i sit on this i feel like there are people that are open and then there are people that are closed and Mm -hmm. some people you can open up and you can you know that that certainly happened with me i'm i'm a full believer in spirituality now like i i won't sit and and i see it as a guide so instead of like oh i'm definitely going to live my life according to these no 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 i just keep myself open to all possibilities and if i find myself stuck i'm like okay i'm going to consult this i'm going to see where it sort of, what it sort of says to me but there, you know, so there are full believers, there are people somewhere in the middle. And I think there are people that, you know, are completely closed off from any idea of, you know, spirituality or inviting something bigger than themselves into their life. And, you know, maybe they're only just fixated on this reality that we're in, this one that we've created for ourselves, you know, this civilization. Um, you know, there's people in my life that, I know if I would try to have a conversation about the things that we're talking about, they might think I'm crazy. They might think they might not be able to comprehend it or they might not be. But I think more importantly, they wouldn't be open to it. And that is a concept that fascinates me, this idea of not being open to it at all. Because surely everyone at least questions once in their life, like, what is the meaning of this? what is the point of this? Why am I here? Why do I get up in the morning every day and go to work? Like, surely there must be more than this. Is this Absolutely. what life is? And you have some non-believers who are highly superstitious, which is also a belief system. Like, for example, I have parents who were, as I said, were atheists and they, the only thing that they will go by is science. Anything that science proved is okay, um, is validated by them, but anything else not. And, um, but then at, in the same time, my father will not put bread upside down because there's a belief <laughs> that if you put bread upside down tomorrow, there's no bread. Why would there be no bread? I mean, rationally, why would there be no bread if it's upside down? There's no rational explanation. It's a belief system. So, um, but I think that, you know, you have people like that. I, I sometimes speak with people and I can see in their eyes that, okay, now, now Vanessa, you have to stop because they're, they're, you're not on the same page. So just stop. And, and. I tell that to people because I give mentoring sessions and um, some people say, my family, my friends, they don't understand. And, and my answer to that is, well, you can share spirituality with some people, but with some people you can't. And you have to see when you're oversharing and when you're not. And spirituality is so intimate. It's such a private part of us. I mean, spirituality is as private as sexuality for me. It's something that is completely personal. You don't impose it on children. And it's something that you cannot force someone into. It's so intimate. It's the same thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I know the, the reason I'm in Manchester is because I consulted um, a psychic about it, uh, a close friend of mine. And 
<laughs> a lot of the time when people ask me about Manchester, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I just decided on a whim, but that's not true. I sat down the psychic. It was, it was, it was a really weird scenario. Um, I'd never seen it before. I said that I didn't know where to go. Um, I knew I was coming back to UK, the UK. That's the thing. The only thing about me that I feel is spiritual or in any way psychic, if you like, is that I have, I trust, I trust my gut and intuition hundred percent to me that is the true guide like the brain a lot of the time the brain just lies to you or it's just like ah, ah in scare mode um but no <laughs> well, you know what i mean like it's just like oh what if this happens what if this happens it's like it's not gonna happen probably not but like the gut just it tells you everything like avoid this person don't go down this road stay in tonight you know just just little things like that and it was telling me you're going to leave Estonia 2020. This is when it's going to happen. And I was like, okay, I know I'm going to leave. I want to leave, but I have no idea where to go. I knew I wasn't going back to London. I just, I knew that. And um, so I, I, I spoke to this friend and I was like, what do I do? Like what? And she was like, okay, give, here's a piece of paper, write down all of these different place names, just places that you would think about going to. You could see yourself living in. And so I wrote down a bunch of different names, places I've been, places I'd like to be. And uh, I got to Manchester. And I remember, it, I remember this very clearly. It was in the middle of, of the paper. And I sort of looked at it for a second and then looked away. I, I didn't think anything, but I just I stopped on that particular name. And then I just, you know, moved on. Handed her the piece of paper. She had like a, a piece Pendulum. of string. Yeah, yeah, right. But she'd fashioned it. She'd made it herself with like a rock at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called divination. I might be wrong. It is, yeah. It is? Okay, I got it right. Hey! Um, so she swung the pendulum like that. And she had like candlelight there. And she sort of presided over this for about 20 or 30 minutes. She then randomly comes up to me, hands me the piece of paper. And on it are various different scores out of 100. So most of them were zero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of them were 20. One or two were like 50-50. And then 100 was like bang on. So for those who don't know, basically the lower the score, the less favorable it would be for me to live there. 50-50 kind of in- indicated like it could go either way, really. The only one that was 100% and actually favorable was Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at that and I was like, Right. Yes, I'm going to Manchester. You can make a pencil name. I have a friend of mine. She she has always some thread and some needle, and a needle. I mean, and you can that can be your pendulum with the needle at the bottom. And you don't have to have an actual pendulum that you buy in a spiritual shop. Most people like it because they're they're nice, but you don't have to. Um, yeah, I think intuition is very important, and I think we've all had experiences where. All of a sudden, we're thinking about someone, and boom, we, we, we you know, we, you come across that person, and that person calls you just as you're thinking about them, or uh, repeating numbers that we see, or things that we just know, and then they happen, or all that kind of experiences. That's all psychic abilities, and some people are not aware that it is. They call them coincidences or imagination, and you can give it whatever name you want, but that's what it is. And I think that when you were saying you listen to your intuition a lot, I think that's 
essential and people do say that the gut is the second brain so I, there's a reason for that and a very good exercise i like to train your intuition because some people say i'd like to 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 be more in tune with my intuition my intuition i don't know how to do that is to have a 100 percent intuitive day which is you know for instance when you're going from point from point a to point b and you know that uh, at this crossroad you have to go left because you're going to point B, but you turn your head to the right and you think, oh, that looks, it looks nice over there, but not for today, I'm going, because I'm going to point B, so I have to go left. Well, on a 100% intuitive day, you do turn right, and you are allowed to take zero decisions rationally. It's only intuitive decisions. Of course, you can't do that on a, on a work day, because that, that doesn't <laughs> uh, Sometimes you can just do half a, a day, or maybe you can do just an hour, and that's mm. a good place to start anyway, but, it's actually quite fascinating when you try to do that because you don't eat at normal schedules. You don't do anything as you would. And it gives you also a, a very different insight on how you're living your life. And that's a fantastic experience to, to go through. I highly recommend it. I'll definitely give that a go. Um, uh, let me know how it goes. <laughs> one thing that comes to mind, because I, I, I have moments where I just let it take over, right? And I don't feel like I'm in control. I feel I feel like it's almost like a message. Oh gosh, that some of my some of my community. Yes, I'm a weirdo. This is how weird it gets. Accept it, right? <laughs> um, it's like I feel like it's messages you're being given, right? And as you said yeah, really. before, I mean, you can choose to ignore them. Just like I chose to ignore that message uh, prior to us filming, I, you know, um, you guys won't know that it will remain a secret forever. I do apologize. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it kind of came to me and I was like, hmm. And then I batted it away. And then sure enough. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to me because it's like, I feel like a lot of the time it is just telling you exactly what to do, what you need to do. Absolutely. And that's the thing, almost in exact detail as well. And, and, you, and we ignore it. And we have, these, we have these messages very often. The latest one is a beautiful one. And it has to do with my mother's passing. Because I, before she died, I had asked, I, I play the accordion, right? And um, I want to buy a new one. And I had asked both my parents who had bought me a violin when I was a teenager. Is it okay with you if I sell the violin in order to buy a new accordion? And they had both said yes. And yesterday I was in my shower and my accordion teacher was supposed to come on Monday. Now, uh, the funeral is Tuesday. And I was thinking, do I really want to have an accordion lesson the day before my mother's funeral? The answer was no, but I thought I wanted to come because it's someone I dearly love and I want to spend some time drinking some tea with her or a coffee. And then I was thinking, oh, but my mother had a bank account, so I'm going to inherit some money. So maybe I don't have to sell the violin and I can buy the accordion. And then all of a sudden a huge guilt comes and I'm thinking, how what a horrible daughter you are she's not you haven't even been through the funeral and here you are thinking about the money you're going to get and it made me feel awful and i thought okay just leave that thought aside it's okay you're you're going through a process just let yourself you know go through what you need to go through i sit down on my couch and i guess to sort of numb myself out i open tiktok <laughs> which is what most of us do to sort of you know run away from our lives and or not and anyway that's not the point and and so i opened tiktok and the very first video that i see is a video that she had actually sent me a few months back of this guy playing the four seasons vivaldi's four seasons on the accordion and that is the exact video she had sent me 
And that's the first one I see on TikTok when I open it. And I completely understood that as her telling me, no, it's fine, go ahead, buy it. It'll be my gift to you. And so those are the things, you know, it's called synchronicities. It's little or downloads, or we can call them many ways, but um, yeah, but you, and you need to pay attention to these signs. They're so important. So you think they are trying to kind of tell us how to lead a good life, how to grow and get better? Is that kind of the whole point of it? Yeah. And I um, understood at a quite young age that you could communicate with the spirit realm. You can communicate with your dead loved ones and you can communicate with other people's dead loved ones if you are in a psychic medium, if you're trained to do it. And I've done it very often. And I still have the imposter syndrome when I do my sessions. And uh, uh, initially, I didn't want to do them. I didn't want to put them out there for people to book sessions with me. And it's my best friend, the one I went to buy the tarot deck in 1989 with, who told me, but Vanessa, you have to. I'm sorry, my neighbors are making a lot of you have to, to you can help so many people and i told her but what if, what if it doesn't work one day what do i do what do i tell the person who came who paid who you know is looking forward to a session and then nothing and she says well you can either refund them or you can reschedule it can happen and so that gave me you know the possibility of if ever you know taking off some of the pressure and then another thing that i do and i recommend for people who are you know learning about their spiritual or psychic gifts is to have a, a journal where you write down everything that happens to you and that way you can come back to it and say, no, it, it, this really happened. Because um, sometimes I'll, I'll tell, you know, I have things that come to mind that I, that I receive. I don't know what other word to use. And I'll tell the person who's consulting something that makes absolutely no sense to me. Zero mm -hmm. sense. If I say this, does it make sense? And most of the time what happens is that they burst into tears and they say, I know exactly what it is and then they tell me the story and um and it's just very i don't, I don't want to to give examples because i one thing i tell them is that uh what is done in a session is absolutely confidential so i don't want to be um saying anything that without asking for permission but um yeah it's 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 definitely messages that I believe we're receiving, yes. And everybody can do that because everybody has had, as I said, the experience of just knowing something, being sure about something, and then it becomes, you know, it's actually true. That's claircognizance. And we all have different clairs. We all have some that are stronger, some that are dimmer. And it's, it's a, I have synesthesia as well. It's a cross-wiring of the brain where you have different... Um, you know, you, oh, I see you're frowning. You don't know. You don't know what that no. is. Okay, synesthesia so, is a cross wiring of the brain where senses are mixed, and <clears throat> um, the the main one, the the one that most people do have, it's like something like less than five percent of the population who has that. One of the main synesthesias, the one that most people have, is that they see letters or numbers in color, and you mm. can't dissociate this letter or this number from the color. If somebody tells me that two is yellow for me, it's wrong. Two is red. And there's no way I'm changing that. But for another synesthete, uh, it's red is wrong. And and then the days of the week can also have colors. And then um, there's um, spatial sequence synesthesia where you see concepts as sort of 3D geometrical uh, sculptures, which actually makes maths, you were speaking about maths before, it makes maths very easy because any kind of uh, uh, mathematical exercise is becomes a shape and it just 
clicks and then you know the solution is it, it makes maths really simple and then uh, you have i know a, a woman who has a tea shop in seattle um uh, and she has uh lex lexical gustatory synesthesia every single word has a taste in her mouth she can literally taste it and then there's the um, chromesthesia where music has color i have that uh, different notes will have a different color different um uh compositions will have uh, a whole kind of moving colorful kind of flame or form i don't know how to explain it better than that and and um it's the same thing as the spiritual gifts you have one main synesthesia and then the other ones are dimmer and um one that i have that um my sister who's a doctor she has synesthesia too she doesn't have that one and she's quite grateful not to is the mirror touch synesthesia which is for instance if you tap your cheek like this i will feel like an echo as if someone was tapping my cheek so anything that somebody has within them you feel it and uh it's like being an empath times uh, a zillion and the people who have that as a main synesthesia it's actually it can be quite handicapping i'm uh, lucky to have it as one of the dimmed versions it's not my main synesthesia but i have that as well so there you go that was the synesthesia little parenthesis <laughs> thank you so much for sharing i really really appreciate it um what would you say are the biggest challenges associated with tarot the biggest challenge i think that anybody who gets into tarot the biggest challenge is learning the meanings of the cards and the mistake that most people do is that they want to learn them quickly and you can't um there's too much information and what you do have to understand is that once you know the meanings of every single of the 78 cards uh you're going to keep learning about them you'll you, you know them but you're going to keep learning about i don't know how they are related to history of arts how they are related to astrology how they are related to the four elements how you know so many different um areas that they and it becomes the more you go the deeper it gets and that's that's the the biggest challenge is learning the cards what do you make of the, the i guess the only way i can really put it is the mass kind of flooding of tarot readers on uh you know apps like tiktok and instagram and such and because I, I i see some of them and i can tell there's you know these are legitimate people that are just trying to help but then i see a lot that i'm like i don't know what do you just make of it in general what's, what's going to thoughts on that well obviously i get a lot because the hashtags that i sometimes put i don't always put hashtags but sometimes i do and i have a lot of you know spiritual tiktok tarot tarot talk a witch talk that kind of stuff so i get a lot of them on my for you page and um for me but that's personal and uh mm -hmm. i find that i like if somebody's going to read cards for me i need them to have a certain life experience i can't um because i find that it's it's a, a little it's similar to coaching to read cards you know you're going to give advice to somebody and it's um um for me it's important that that person has a certain life experience to be able to you know have what it takes within them but that's very personal you don't have to have that um there's quite a few red flags uh, very often on my for you page with the tarot readers whether it's a, a, a tiktok or a tiktok live um 
And what are they? What are they? Well, you know, if a video starts by the person that you deeply uh, want back in your life is just about to come back in your life. I would run, I would scroll, I would just, no, that's not it. Um, <clears throat> some of the red flags I get because I know the meanings of the cards. And I know that a card can have several different meanings. I'm not saying there's one and only meaning to each card. But I also know the meaning that some of the cards do not have. And when I see them reading them and just, you know, inventing as they go. And it's, you can compare, you see, when you're reading cards, of course, your intuition has to come in. You have to let it kick in. But it's like improvising in music. You can't just take an instrument and improvise. You have to learn the skills first. You have to learn how to technically play the instrument. And that takes time. And you have to learn to do that in order to know how to play the instrument really well so that you can let go and improvise. And it's a similar pattern for tarot and intuition. You have to learn how to read the cards. You have to learn the spreads or invent your own spread, which is also possible, but you have to learn the meanings of the cards. You have to know about the history of tarot, where was it born, etc. And then, And then you can uh, and understand that there's a, a written tradition and an oral tradition and that what's in history books is not the only thing. You know, there's all sorts of things that you have to learn before you let your intuition kick in to help other people. So it's not, um, what I say for people who are on social media, for your listeners who, who want to know whether or not they should trust somebody, what I tell my followers is whenever there's a tarot reading and you think, oh gosh, I wish that's for me, I hope it's, it's genuine, I recommend to go to the person's profile, scroll through a few videos, see if they are, you know, if you're like-minded or if it's somebody who inspires you or that you can trust or that you can admire. And in that case, because if it's about, you know, your soulmate coming back to you within the 24 hours, if you like and claim and follow and comment and share, well, maybe all the videos are that. And that means that it's just bullshit. And, um, and so, yeah. I understand that people who are starting on the app, even if they're genuine, need to get more followers, to get more views, to get more, you know, I understand that. And I'm not saying that someone who says, please, please follow, please. I, that's, I understand that's how social media works. Um, but yeah, go to the, to the profile and, and look at who that person is. And um, that gives you already quite a good idea on whether or not you should listen to what they're telling you. It kind of sickens me a little bit that so many people are out to just con. Um, one thing that you may or may not be aware of is that uh, I've I've even seen clones of of your profile on Instagram. Oh, I've seen. I them. I've blocked them, and I and I keep. <sighs> that I, I repeatedly. I always put in my videos because I didn't know what to do about it, and they were getting mm. more and more more of them. And people were telling me I got scammed. I got scammed. I got scammed. And I said, I'm sorry. I reached out to TikTok. I reached out to Instagram. They don't do anything. So yeah. okay, I. Can understand that they have a lot to do and they can't do anything about it fine what can i do <clears throat> and i decided okay i'm going to pin just one video which is a scammer alert and that's the only video that's pinned on my <clears throat> excuse me tiktok profile and then i thought okay people will be scammed because they've seen a tarot reading so every time i do a tarot reading i either say or i put it in a caption i will never reach out to offer a reading and to book a reading it's only via what I call the bink in my liar, because one day I changed it around and now I don't even know which one is right, but I, my thing is bink and liar, and, um, which is obviously link in bio, but um, uh, yeah, that, so I always do that. And I, uh, and I 
once every so often, you know, search for Vanessa on her iPhone, on Instagram or on TikTok. And then I, I block, I report and block everybody. So they don't have access to my content. So then you can tell as time goes by that they only have old videos. So it's probably not me. I have some, a range of different fan questions. So I'm just going to kind of hit you with all these randomly and you see, see how you do. Thank you so much, Vilma and everyone else that sent in questions. Some people believe that tarot decks kept in the home brings bad luck. Do you agree? Disagree? What are your thoughts? Totally disagree. 200% disagree. And, they and do why? Not. Okay. Oh, well, a deck is just, it's, Similar to money, really, because it's paper with something printed on it and we give it a value or we don't. So it's exactly the same thing. Now I'm realizing, I'm realizing that I'm doing a lot of these comparisons with, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's that. It's just cards. It's just, it's just like playing cards. And actually, our, today's playing cards are originally the minor arcana from the tarot minus um, the knights. Um, because that would be uh, 56 instead of 52 cards that we have in the in playing cards. So it's just cards. So how can cards bring bad luck? What's the worst kind of reading you've done? What's the worst kind of reading that I've done? And I'll just add to this as well. I took this question as it could be a few things. It could just be maybe a setup that you didn't like, or it could be a bad experience. Maybe someone came to you and it just didn't work out or it was all bad news. Um, so take it however you wish. I don't recall any very bad experiences. I'm lucky to be able to say that. Um, I do sometimes feel that people... Um, are not as open-minded as they would need to be. And I feel frustrated because I can see that they're not receiving what I'm trying to give them. Uh, but I think the worst ones must have been the first ones, which was, they were actually a lot of fun because we were sitting on my bed with, you know, friend, a friend, and I was trying to sort of understand what I was doing. And I guess they were really bad readings in the sense that, that I didn't know what I was doing. And we were just, you know, messing around with my new, newly bought tarot deck. But um, now I don't have, I can't recall of any really bad experience like that. Perfect. That's what it is. <laughs> nah, of course, like anything you start out in life, you know, you're not going to be great in the beginning. And more, more to the point, like what you were saying before, it's, it's, it's a, that's something you have to train. So I imagine that your uh, readings or your, I don't know how to put it out like your thoughts in the in the beginning were not as strong as they are now or, or like you know you not as clear maybe mm -hmm. essentially and also because at the beginning even when you know the meanings of the cards sometimes it's difficult to associate this card with that one what do they mean when they're together right what do they mean when this one comes before that one or when that one comes before this one what how what do I do with that it's like a storyboard and you have to understand it and it's it can be tricky at first really it's difficult this links to something we said earlier actually um in some of the readings i got like obviously uh, some of them were negative um i remember <laughs> i'll give you a quick example so i'm a big fan of professional wrestling yeah i know it's sad um but all, all my life and at one point i legitimately considered becoming a professional wrestler and I, I did this reading with, with my friend and um, 
the interesting thing, and this is what kind of made me start believe in tarot reading, just on a side note, is that like whenever she would present the cards to me, uh, she would never ask me anything prior to that. She had no idea what I was asking. She would just say, keep the question in your head, take the deck, and then pass it back. And that's it. And then she'd just start laying out the cards. And it used to freak me out because she would say exactly something that would would make complete sense to, to what I was thinking. So in that particular scenario, I had asked if if I should become a professional wrestler. And it said that I am not mentally or physically strong enough to do it. But, and this is the key, this is the key, my key takeaway from this uh, and the lesson. Now, I don't want to become a professional wrestler. That was just a fleeting thing. But the lesson, the most valuable lesson I took from that was that circumstances and your mindset can change at any one time and so that a reading like that might be negative in that moment but in the future when you ask the same question it could be positive but that's entirely up to you and that i like this idea there is control not your fate is not decided uh you can change that but when you the readings are made they are reflective of that particular moment so if i had had try to pursue that at that given time i would have failed in my goal because i was not mentally or physically ready for it that yeah was, i that understand was I yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is true it's very very important we've said it already but i want to say it again that you create your future right. and nobody can tell you this is what it's going to be that's essential really apart from superstition do you agree or disagree in tar that tarot should be read alone or for yourself? Um, no, I think you can read it for others, obviously, since that's what I do on a daily basis. And um, <clears throat> alone, um, sometimes some of my daughter's friends ask me to read cards for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, my daughter's the first reflex is to say do you want me to leave um okay when the friends ask the daughter says uh, do you want me to leave you two alone so that my mom can read cards for you and you can be in a private place and um oh, i find that very uh, respectful and some of the friends say yeah i'd like to be alone with her and some say no no you can stay it's okay but i think i find it important to ask the person who's for who the cards are going to be read if they're comfortable with people being around or not, because that's personal and everybody will have a different reaction. What are drowsing rods? Who Dows Dowsing rods, sorry. What are dowsing rods? Who moves them? And can anybody use them to get answers? Anybody can use them. Dowsing rods are um, kind of metal sticks in an L shape. Uh, the part that you hold in your hand doesn't move and there's something in them. Uh, the, the stick is sort of put in it. I don't have them here. Um, um, but anyway, and um, it's like a pendulum. It, it works the same way as a pendulum. So one thing you have to be aware of is the idea motor phenomenon, which is when you hold your hand still and you're holding a pendulum, you have micro movements. Even if you look at your hand and it looks as if it's not moving, you have micro movements because we're human. So the micro movements are going to give an impulse and then that's going to move the pendulum. Now, to use dowsing rods or a pendulum for divination, you have to believe in channeling. 
Now that's a belief system. As I said, we can communicate with the spirit realm. That falls into my belief system. It doesn't fall into everybody's belief system. If you are somebody who believes that we can channel, then you are somebody who can believe in the use of pendulums and, and dowsing rods or any kind of similar tools. Um, because I have another tool that's a divination tool that has a kind of a long uh, metallic stick with a crystal at the end and that one moves like this or like that or like this or you know anyway. you have several different ones so <clears throat> to use them you have to believe that you can channel and that the message is coming through you and that that is what is moving the dowsing rods now when i use my dowsing rods i am so as i said earlier i don't <clears throat> i'm not in i'm not religious and um i do however believe in something that could be called ancestor worshipping um, and I did uh, several past life regressions plus a session that was seven hours long of, of hypnotic trance. Jesus. It was once four and then once three. It wasn't seven hours in one go but four hours is really long and three hours mm -hmm. is very well <clears throat> in which I found a lot of answers um, in regards to the ancestors that I uh, believe in if if i can say it that way and so when i use my dowsing rods i communicate with um it's my great great grandmother that i that i ask the questions to and so you can use them the dowsing rods anybody can try them some people will be very uh skeptical one story that I really like is, I think it was in Ireland, there was this old man who had a shop where he sold dowsing rods and somebody came in, a man came in, he was very skeptical and the old man said, fine, don't, no problem. Just take these, this pair of rods and we're gonna go to a house that's not very far. And it's an abandoned house that is said to be haunted. And so, you know, the man kind of rolled his eyes and whatever, let's go. He takes the rods and the old man said, well, hold them in your hands, just, before you enter the house and just look at how they don't move. And the man looks at the rods and says, oh, yeah, they, of course, duh, they don't move. And then the, man, the old man says, well, enter, go through the door. The door was open. Go through the door and, and just see what the rods are doing. So the man moves forwards, walks through the, the door and the rods cross. And so he says, okay, yeah, I'll try again. So he does it and it does it again. And he says, it's just because I'm moving forward. So he turns to another direction, moves forward and the rods don't cross and so that and he tried it and they were there for like a long time i'm not going to give a timeline but for a long time and then he came back and said okay you you got me that was an amazing experience thank you for that and he bought the pair of rods and left so i mean i've had i like to tell that that uh, story because it shows you that you know uh, there are vibrations there are things that we don't understand and and I don't really, I have my explanation that I just gave before, which is the channeling explanation, but there are other ones. And um, I've had moments, uh, for example, in one of my very good friend's garden, she has, there's grass everywhere and there's a place where the grass is different. And she thought it was uh, in a circle and we went with the rods and we determined that it wasn't, I'm going to keep the reason why this place is important private because I think she'd like me to. But, um, and, uh, and we discovered that it wasn't a circle. It was another kind of shape with thanks to the rods because of the vibration of the place. So it's a fantastic tool. I really recommend trying it. 
But I do have people that I uh, occasionally mentor who are telling me the rods don't work for me. They do not move. So, you know. Interesting. Um, I'm going to move on to more like spirituality and, and paranormal questions now. When you meet someone, can you see their aura or do you get specific vibes about a person, what a person is like as well as their intentions? Well, I've, I've spoken about that a lot on my social media. I do see... Now, that's the same thing I was telling you before about the synesthesia. Good thing we went into that before, mm-hmm. is that I see colours for days, for uh, months, for the years, for the numbers, for the letters, every single thing I read, even if it's written black on white, I, I have colours in it. I can't see it differently. And I see colours for people. And the funny thing is, sometimes people have a colour that doesn't fit with the colour of their name. And some other people have a colour that is very uh, coherent with my synesthesia with the color of their name and so yeah i do i see the color of the person but it's auras are more like something that is around you and i i have the impression i can see them but i don't really see them i don't see anything here i see something in front of the person like around the heart area and interesting they're sold <laughs> i gotta ask do i have one what's mine <laughs> <laughs> Of course you have one, yeah. And actually, I was going to say before, it's very coherent with your name. Your colour is very coherent with the colour of your name because uh, Christian is a name that has a lot of shiny gold and deep burgundy, like wine type of colour. It has some a lot of black as well. It like has a, a, a shade, like a, a, a halo of black around it. And it has... Um, some brown and some um, greenish shade. And then Reeves is very um, silvery light, translucent blue. And um, mm. it's, a, na- it's an, a name and a surname that are both very grounded and very uh, floating, so quite aligned. And it's the same type of colours. You do have the golden burgundy uh, glow in your heart plate that I see. It's very coherent. Is that is that like a positive thing? Does that suggest? I mean, because from what you're explaining, it to me it sounds maybe overall positive with shades of negative. Yeah, is that right? Not, but that, the colors have not much to do with the personality of the person. It's oh, okay. it's not negative. It's just the way it is. Oh. Um, and then I get, of course, uh, the vibe from somebody. You know, we all. I mean, many people have experienced that when you come into a room and you can sense that something's wrong, or when you meet someone, you feel something's off, or on the contrary, you come into a room and you can feel that wow, this is a super cool place to be, or you meet someone and you think, yes, I was supposed to meet that person. You know, so that's that's something completely unrelated to the color. It's it's very okay. What's my vibe then? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel that there's there's a lot more to you than what you show and it's uh, I, I can feel a very tormented soul behind that big smile and those very um, clear and structured explanations that you give to your listeners but I can sense that there's something very deep and um, yeah <laughs> we're getting there I think one thing I've begun to change in more recent years is is how open i am on with it like i think there are certain things that you keep to yourself and while i am in 
the sphere of the public eye and the things that are put out there and stuff. I, I think there are always things that you have to keep to yourself, but I've always been pretty transparent about things. I don't have anything to hide. Um, but I think that I don't know if I would use the word tormented, but I, I would agree with, with the concept of mm, troubled or battling is probably the word I'd use. It's like every day. Like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, th I think that that's why things You're like always battling things in your soul or in your mind. That's something that you're always doing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like things like this are very positive for me because I meet people from around the world and they have different life stories and it's it's different things to share and it's positive and it's something that um, I, I think one of the things we're trying to do in life is find some degree of peace, some sense of purpose. I think I'm still trying to find that. Um, I go back and forth with myself all the time. But I think now I'm beginning to understand who I am, which is quite a profound thing um, because that's a battle I've always had. And many, many years ago, it used to be people telling me who I was or people setting limits for who I was. And now I'm at a point where I decide all of that. And um, I understand that ego is not a bad thing but you have to keep it in check. So what does that mean? Well, you need a certain degree of, I would say positive ego to push yourself out there and, and have the confidence to do things and get things done. And that will rub people the wrong way. Sometimes people will think you're arrogant, narcissistic. They'll think you, do you think you're better than everyone, etc. And I understand where they're coming from, but it's all to do with like perspective. You have to believe in yourself and what you do completely and that's the only way that you will achieve success in your life and whatever endeavor and i think it applies to everything uh relationships <laughs> career friendships everything it's, it's completely all of those things and you have to be true to yourself not, you know and and when you say that you're looking for a, a sense of peace in your life and that you're beginning to know who you are it's actually a lifelong journey because yes. you never reach the goal. You never do. And it's okay not to. I remember one day asking my mother a few years back. So she was in her early 70s. And I was telling her, I was asking, Mom, when does it kick in that sensation of feeling grown up? You know, because that's what we're aiming for when you know who you are. When you, you yeah. know, as children, you look at grown ups and you have the impression they have it all figured out and they know what they're doing. And I said, when does it kick in? that sensation of feeling grown up. So I was already a mother of three and, uh, and I was asking that to my more than 70 year old mom. And she said, I'm still waiting. Getting there because you don't, you know, you grow, but you don't reach when you reach it's finished. My favorite thing connected with that is, um, <laughs> The moment where you know like there's always that moment when you're a, a teenager or a young adult where you're like oh I, I have this real big problem right now um i need an adult to come help me right and then there'll be a moment maybe you'll be on your own maybe you'll be with other people and you realize like oh you, you'll ask yourself that question you'll be like oh, i need an adult to help me right now and then you'll be like oh i'm the adult oh <laughs> oh no 
Oh, <laughs> like, and, and one thing that's, that's hit me now is um, you said about how I was like a tormented soul and everything. Like I, I, I have suffered with self-esteem issues, confidence issues my whole life. And it's only in the last two or three years, I would say, that I've got to a point where I'm comfortable with myself as a human being, as a man. Um, it took me years to understand like what it means to be a man. And I think it's something that you're still always working on and, and figuring out just the same as being a human, you know, you, but you do get to decide what it means. For me, it's a sense of responsibility. And, um, and I think it's, it's more, forget about being a man. It's more just about like being an adult, like taking responsibility for things, finding the strength in yourself. Like when, when, when life presents you a problem, like you don't panic, like you feel the anxiety, your heart's, but you just, you calm yourself and you're like, I can deal with this. Every problem has a solution. We will deal with this. And it's amazing for me in my own life to see that change from that scared little boy, to be honest, which wasn't even that long ago. I'm about to turn 30 now. I remember being like 25, 26 and still being clueless and terrified. And now I'm like this man who's been through a bunch of shit and I find myself giving advice to people. And there will be moments <laughs> when you'll feel like a, a lost child again. Oh, wait, I have... Um... Oh, no. Are you about okay. to leave us? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, someone was trying to... Um, can you hear me? I can hear you absolutely fine, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> there will be moments where you're going to feel like a, a lost child again, and it's okay because you do, mm. you know, three steps forwards, two steps back, one step forward, three steps back, and that's not a problem. It's a cha-cha. That's what it is. You're dancing a cha-cha, and life is that. We're dancing life. I love that. Have you ever met anyone with energy so negative that it scared you? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Sorry, the thing that's making me laugh is the question itself. Not the, ex I imagine the experience itself is horrible, but the just the way that the question, like it just took through me. It's like, oh, like I, I guess that happens sometimes, does it? I don't think it scared me, but I did meet sometimes people where I felt like I was saying before something was off, and I was, I didn't want to engage in any kind of conversation yeah. with those. I do, yeah, and. um so yes, I did, but it didn't scare me. No, I wasn't scared. There were, I remember my friend who's a psychic, uh, she, she's, an, she's an older woman. She's about in her mid fifties, I think. Um, and sometimes we would show her photographs of people. And from that, she was able to ascertain as to whether or not a person was you know good or bad per se and we'd show her certain photos and she'd just be like don't show this to me like this get this away from me like this is this person is i don't know evil or or i don't know like has bad intentions something like that and some of the people that we showed photos to they didn't i wouldn't say they were evil but they turned out to be not great people uh but there were there were some surprising ones i remember showing her a picture of a celebrity who I always 
greatly admired and thought was really really great and she was like this person is hiding evil and i was like oh my god like um and it was a really high profile actor that everyone's loves very dearly and it, it it forced me to kind of look at things like no matter what a person shows you on the outside mm-hmm. they could be hiding something and it's, it's like the old sayings go about the idea of the devil like the devil will come um as your best friend you know and and can completely betray you so you have to be very careful yeah so true so true Ooh. anyway so i get that the, ooh, the heebie-jeebies uh <laughs> so uh you spoke about it a little bit earlier but let's let's go a bit more into uh, intuition. How can we develop our intuition to serve us better in the decisions we make in our everyday lives? Yeah, I gave that exercise for the intuition. Um, <clears throat> I don't know of any better exercise than the one I gave earlier on in the podcast. Okay. I find that that one is. Um, and then I find that if you want to... Um, to grow on that path, journaling about it is really good as well, because then you can, you know, come back to how things happened and you can learn how, what patterns you like to use or how you want to function with it. Okay, a bit of a deeper one now. Okay. What do you believe happens after death? I don't know. Um, So, as I said, one of my uh, past, like, had several past life regressions and they were like I said mind-blowing experiences and um, I did that with a woman who also lives in Switzerland and um, but we actually did them via zoom because she lives she lived too far away from me and I it's the person that I recommend for past life regressions if anybody is interested in that her name is Sonia Bira and she's also linked on on my um, on my bink in my lio <laughs> and uh in one of the experiences i had with her um i was um, in ireland and i was just some kind of young woman i was nobody and I, I, I didn't have any experiences where you know i was like cleopatra or julius caesar like people have these experiences where they are the virgin mary and, and nothing of that kind i was always somebody who was very mundane but had very deep experiences nonetheless and um and i saw myself um running away from the men in the village who wanted to you know burn me at the stake and going into the sea and trying to swim to the other side and drowning and i felt myself drowning and then all of a sudden i i was telling her oh i'm i can see myself going up but i don't know where i'm going and she said, just let it follow. And there was some kind of spirit realm. That's what I saw. Now, is that my imagination creating it because I've heard so many stories or is that really, as a matter of fact, I went to her and I said, you know, I'm not sure I believe in past lives. So I'm not sure I should be doing this. And she said, it's okay. Whether it's your imagination or an actual past life, it doesn't really matter. What counts is what you're going to get from it. If it's going to help you. And the experience that it's going to give you and the emotions that it's going to give you, that's what's important. And I said, okay, then if that's how it is, I can, I can go ahead and have the experience. And it was such a mind-blowing experience that um, I ended up believing it. 
believing in past lives also because i went to the place because i okay i have to develop a little bit so i had this experience and there was a very clear picture of the place so i sort of scribbled it on a paper i, I cannot draw but i scribbled it and i showed my followers i said where do you think this is i need to find this place and so everybody was commenting on that video saying i think it's there it could be here it could be there it could be there and i spent months of my evenings on google earth looking for the places they had told me and i could see now that doesn't fit because there's not this and that there were so many details and uh ended up finding it and it's bray south of dublin it's a, a little town south of dublin um and then uh all sorts of details made me understand what period it was in it was at the end of the 19th century and then i went there and i had never been over there and i just knew my way around i knew the place and there's even this uh i was looking for a church with a fountain in front of it because that's one of the things i had seen now a church with a fountain in front it's just you have so many all over the world but in bray i did not find a church with a fountain in front and i thought you know what maybe that was wrong and one day uh i was with um my husband who at the time wasn't my husband yet um and i told him let's go i want to find that church i know where it is on the map it doesn't say there's a church but i want to go and so he says you know okay whatever he was he had already followed me all the way he he was in me with it with me in it and um and so we walk and i arrive at this building and it's town hall and the building has uh it looks like a church and it has you know it, it very similar to a church. There's a fountain in front, and I and now it's a McDonald, I think. Oh anyway, my God. and um, or a post office. I don't remember what it is. Anyway, and now and I say, but there was the market around here, and I feel like the streets are not big enough for the market that I had seen. And there was a historical panel, and I go and I look, and it said that in the 19th century, that's where the market took place, and so it was exactly. Uh, where I knew it was and that I mean I have lots of examples like that where I just found my way over there and I know that I lived there uh, in the 19th century um, I just know it I often wonder about the concept of, of past lives like I have no memory or any of any of that I know for me as a person, I've, I don't think I've ever spoken about this uh, publicly. I feel like I have a deep connection to Europe for some reason, specifically Germany and other, I don't know. I, I feel like when I was in Estonia, I felt, you know, I, had, I know it's so cliche to say, but I had essentially a spiritual awakening when I was there. And I've never been able to shake that idea. Like as much as I do believe in the concept of like your homeland is, is part of you and stuff and that's why I do feel comfortable back in the UK at the same time I feel like part of me is always in Europe and uh, when I tracked back my family history on my dad's side there's Irish and French family distantly on my mum's side nothing it's just we've been in England since forever uh <laughs> boring and uh I just kind of thought to myself like okay maybe what I'm feeling is from a past life. Maybe that's what that is. Cause I can't understand where this deep connection comes from and why I feel it and why it's, why it's there. Right. 
And another thing I, I thought a lot about, um, I'm a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, and I like the concept of, obviously, the regeneration is essentially like reincarnation. That's what that's trying to say. But something that's really interesting, two things. One is just how the character changes each time. And the essence of the character is always the same, but the personality is always different. And I remember in one particular episode, uh, as the Doctor is about to regenerate into a new Doctor, he comments on how, and he's talking about human life, but he's obviously referring to himself as well. He says that, you know, we are different people throughout our lives, but we are still that same person at the, at the core, right? But we become different things and that's okay, because that's what should happen. You know, like, for instance, when I look at Christian from five, 10 years ago, that's a different person. And I recognize that. I remember how I felt. I remember how I thought, you know, it's, it's, I can't relate to that person anymore. And it's good that that happened. You know, like when you see people you went to school with and they haven't changed, that's bad. You need to move forward. You can't live in the past You, you, because time is relative and it's, 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 it's a moment and it dies and it fleets and then you move forward and, and you can only ever move forward. Another element to this, which I think is, is more tied to what we're talking about, is this idea that like, what if the soul is always the same on its core and each of those lives is like a different reimagining of that same soul exploring a different facet of existence? You know what I mean? Like it's, when I think about that concept, I think about this idea that, okay, this version, Christian, this will never exist again. This is just one. Uh, but this idea that in other lives, I've essentially played other characters, other parts. Like it's a different, but I may have approached them in the same way because that comes from the soul or similar. I don't know. And that's what grips me. Yeah, I don't really know where my belief stands in regards to that. I know that in, in that... Um seven hours long trance there was also finding your soul family and you know people that you are connected to throughout different lives and um, it felt right to me as well but i mean our belief systems they evolve they change yes. they are what they are in the moment and as you said there's old versions of you that you've left behind and that's really good um but um i don't know where they're going to evolve in regards to past lives because i have only had one or two uh, experiences in past life regressions and I don't feel that I have enough uh, knowledge to really have a a clear idea of what I think about it really I know I believe in it but that's and that's already a huge step for me <laughs> do you believe in guardian angels uh well define guardian angel I mean it's uh, it's a bit <laughs> uh, because it can mean something very different for each and every one of us. I, as I said, I, if I had to put words on it, my thing would be ancestor worshipping and animism, actually, where I think that there's the divine in every single thing, like in a flower, in the wind, in the... I'm very afraid of storms because I feel like we're being told off and, you know, mm. that, that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, guardian angels, in one way, yes. Uh, I mean, I, because I believe that you can communicate with your ancestors and they look out for you. So, yes. Do you think that they're... Well, I guess what the question I'm really asking there is, like, 
do you think that they're actively watching us at all times or do you think that that's like a fleeting thing or something you have to tap into because something that I've been told is that supposedly I have one watching over me and we've theorized over the years that that might be my mother's late father um to my grandfather uh, who I never met he passed away when my mother was a teenager um but when I was very very young two or three years old there were a few instances where uh two in particular one I was in the house that I grew up in that we were in for, for only a few years and in my cot I got up stood up and started screaming that there was a man in the corner my mum came in there was no one there and then maybe six months later or around that same time period we were in a different house a house that was noted as being somewhat haunted or something was wrong there maybe bad energy I don't know um was it was a horrible area anyway <laughs> and in that instance the door was shut so I guess I was a toddler I could walk around or something like that but the door was shut and it wouldn't open and I f- apparently was screaming and I felt trapped as if there was someone in that room I don't remember either of these instances I was too young to remember it um, but that's what I've been told. And I always theorized that maybe it was my uh, grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always thought that, because here's the thing about my life. I've been through a lot of horrible things, but at the same time, I've always felt like I was somewhat protected. Like whatever happened there was like, I always kind of landed on my feet in despite of that. And I've always been very grateful and thankful for that. And I try to just always be continue to be in and try to do right by others. Like I'm not really religious. Like I go back and forth on where I feel, but what I feel inside me is that like, I need to do right by others and do the right thing, you know, tell the truth, be kind to people, um go out of my way for other people where i can and and stuff and and do my best to be a decent human being not to get like a reward or to be rewarded in another life but because it's the right thing to do like i feel that very intensely and i feel like part of that is to say thanks for having been protected and over the years and stuff i feel like it's it's part of it's that but um yeah i've never really been able to to ascertain what that is it's, it could just be in my head it could maybe i'm maybe being we never will, but i definitely relate to what you say that's how i feel as well and i think it's the right way around i feel it's because some people who are religious will be good because they want to get brownie points with god and be able to go to get into heaven and i think that's wrong and i think it's more the other way around and that's what i see in answers to worshiping or thinking it's also when you say it doesn't make sense to be here you can also be thankful that all your your lineage have brought the possibility for your life to actually exist you know so uh, <laughs> also i'm turned to the to the family tree more yes. than points with some sort of god yeah i i will just say on on a side note with that like if there is a god god ain't gonna give you brownie points for going to church or whatever like i, th- I feel like if there was a a god or something like that they would look at who you are your intentions how you treat others these these are the things that are important it doesn't matter absolutely you, and 
you know. And the, religion is someone else's spirituality. Religion is sure, uh, yes. religion is based on a book, and the book is written hundreds of hundreds of years ago by some person. And then other people thought, oh, you know what, those rules are cool, and I don't have to think about my own rules, so I'll go by those rules because I, I agree with them. And then more and more people got into that, and it became a religion. When there's not enough people, it's called a cult. When there's enough people, it's called a religion. But they're the same thing. Somebody else's spirituality. And you have to make your own rules to have your own spirituality, your own rituals. Start rituals. Start family traditions. Because a tradition is once it was the first time. Somebody said, let's do that. And then the year after, they said, hey, remember we did that last year? Let's do it again. And then again and again. And it becomes a tradition. And then everybody's celebrating Christmas. And, you know, and it's just, at one time, it was the first time. It's a pagan ritual, by the way, Christmas, and it was, you know, you have to be able to start your own, your own traditions, your own rituals, and find your own way. And I think that's essential. It's so personal. My dad's very spiritual. Um, we, we, <laughs> we always go through the same thing where uh, he'll pick me up and we'll have this little drive to, um, to where he lives. And it's, it's like in the countryside. It's really nice. And he'll just sit and talk about everything, religion, spirituality, all sorts of stuff. And we just go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I like to, like, I, I believe, I believe in the same things he does, but I just like to play devil's advocate and just pick at his brain and be like, well, but what if this, what if that? Who is you, know? he? you said he picks me up. Who's that? Uh, my dad. Okay. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's just fun to go back and forth on, on these conversations. But one of the things I remember him saying recently which stood out to me was this idea that you know if you do believe in god then this idea that like you know the house is my church the outside is my church you know this this concept that it's you, you can be anywhere and have that connection and as you said earlier it's a very personal one and um you know i i think that no one should be told that their own belief system is wrong i think it's just kind of like it's the most important thing to, to pay attention to is, is like, how, how are you doing by others? How, how are you giving to this world and, and taking from this world? What are you doing? What's your impact? Like, you know, that's yeah. what's important. You're right. Yeah, it is important. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, I hate that question. It's like, what's your this or that? Because, um, Because first I have all these ideas that come into my, my mind and I can't, they're all fighting to be me, 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 me. And then afterwards there's so much like noise that I, I like send everyone out of the room and now mm. I'm, my head goes black. There's two things with that question that I, I, know, I never prime anyone for that question and there's a reason for that. The reason is because I've had people ask me the same question as well. And I will just say the first thing that comes to me, because I feel like the first thing is the right thing. Because the reality is we've been given a lot of advice in our lives, but I like to ask that question because it's like, what's the best advice that connects for you? That feels right for you? That you when you heard that, you were like, No, still no answer. You know, I think that I'm, so I'm going to be 49 this year. And I mean, in 49 years of life, you hear a lot of advice, as you said. Um, I can't choose. That's okay. I, no worries. Yeah, I'm sorry. all good. 
You don't <laughs> no, have to apologize. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's 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 a difficult question to answer. I I, I also hate it as well, even though I asked all my guests. Because <laughs> um, like when I was first asked it, I was like, oh, the tables have turned. And I I think I said the first thing that came to mind and it was it was it was you know it was something that i was genuinely good advice but whenever you get asked that you, you kind of want to say like the thing like this is this is the advice you need to go by this is what works for me and it's like you know what i have um, one okay. i want to pick one randomly one thing that's very important is to stop worrying about what people think about you because people are actually no offense not thinking about you people are worried about what people are thinking about them so they'll spend like a fraction of a second thinking about you and then they'll go back to being worried about what people think about them. So don't give it too much importance and that will f set you free in life. So that's an important one. It's not the best, but it's one of the best. It's in the top 10. All right, you're going to hate me. Uh, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I this okay, one's yeah. this one's much more personal because this is like your life this is not any something that someone's communicated this is just throughout the years of you living on this planet and you throughout everything you've gone through what's the biggest thing that stands out that you've learned i think that um being um forgiving with yourself is something that i had to learn throughout the years and um, releasing the past versions of you and accepting to move forward. I mean, um, the biggest life lesson is, yeah, being as kind as you, you can to yourself. That was something I had to learn. Beautiful. Um, I, I want to say a massive thank you for, for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, my final question to you is, do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Upcoming projects? Um, upcoming projects, musical ones, but I'm not sure what's place to speak about that. Plus, it's going to be very Geneva-based. Um, you have... absolutely can. I know. One thing that is relatively new, it's not upcoming, but it's new, is my Patreon um, that I've created recently and that I absolutely am very thankful for the promotion I can do on here <laughs> for my Patreon, which is it has several different subscriptions and um, it's all also linked on my social media. It's always Vanessa and her iPhone, whatever social media platform. Actually, I chose that because... At the time, my daughters had Instagram and they were very young teenagers. And I thought, you know what? I have to go check what's going on on Instagram. And when I had to use to choose a username, I said, OK, I'm Vanessa. I don't want to put my uh, my last name. And uh, I want to what am I going to post on here? I want to post pictures that I take with my iPhone. So it's Vanessa and her iPhone. And so that became my first social media username and it, I kept it. So that's why. And people sometimes think it's her like, you know, some kind of. Uh, Greek goddess that that they oh, wouldn't right, have. Yeah. And they was that Hierophany, and they asked me, "Can you tell us about that god? What goddess? Hierophany? Oh no, it's her iPhone. It's a lot more basic than you thought. Sorry about the disappointment." And anyway, but yeah, so the patron is the latest one that I'm um, very excited about. Absolutely fantastic! I'll I'll, I'll include those links in in the show notes, and um, yeah. yeah, best of luck with that the podcast as well uh, because it's 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 fun to listen to it's about past lives and you can 
if you want to also include Sonia Bira, which is the woman who I did the regression with, and I recommend her highly. Everybody I sent to her came back mind blown. Well, thank honestly, you so thank you for having me because uh, I was not sure um, when I woke up this morning if I, I was going to be capable with what I'm going through, and because uh, with the passing of my mother last Tuesday, plus I've had sort of my life exploded at the same time for all sorts of different reasons that I'm not going to go into. But so it's kind of a nightmare right now, and this was a little bubble of of loveliness. So thank you for that. It means uh, a lot. It is, came at the. It means a lot. That means a lot to hear. Uh, I'm glad I could bring you some positivity at this time, and um, yeah, I, I wish you the very best. You take care of yourself. And um, thank you so much for, for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. To all the listeners of the Christian Reed podcast, as always, be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.